Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey friend, you're listening to Truth Talks with Tara, a podcast dedicated to helping you know, love, and live God's word. I'm your host, Tara, and I am so glad that you're here. Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So, what do you say? Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, sweet friends. I hope you're having an amazing day. I'm so glad that you joined us for another episode today. Or if you're new and you're just finding the podcast from today's episode, welcome. I am overjoyed to have you here and to go deep into scripture and have amazing conversations with friends and just make our faith really practical to know God's word, to love God's word, and to live God's word. If you've been here for a while, you've heard that spiel. Maybe you're tired of it at this point, but I'm just excited to have you here today as we talk about what happens when God says no, not yet, or just wait. I think we can all think of something and recall something in our life, whether that's in the past or presently, that we are struggling with to wait on God's timing. When we feel as if God is telling us no on a good dream or desire or something that we want in life, or God is maybe giving us a yellow light and telling us to wait and a warning light, or if he's totally just giving us a red light. So we need to know what to do with those things in our lives. So we're going to talk about this today. And the reason why 
this is such a big thing on my heart today is because my book, Surrender Your Story, Ditch the Myth of Control, and Discover Freedom in Trusting God is officially out in the world. It's been out in the world for a week now, which is crazy. It is humbling and amazing to see what God has done already through the book and just hearing from you guys on Instagram and in emails and on reviews on Amazon and places like that. And I'm just praising God for what he is accomplishing already in our hearts and just so thankful. So you can grab this book anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Christian Book, all of the places you can get it ASAP. You can get it now. Um, but I just wanted to talk about this today and this issue of God's time. I mean and what do we do when God says no or wait because that's a huge part of what it means to let God be in control because if we had it our way if we had life our way pretty sure we would be where we wanted to be like yesterday we would be where we wanted to be and we would have what we want to have but that's just not the reality of this life and the Christian life and I want to start out just before we get into it by just saying that I feel like the biggest thing that holds us up from surrendering and releasing control to God, who it rightly belongs to, is because we're afraid of what he's going to do. We think that we have our best interests in mind. And when I say we, I'm also talking from a personal struggle. I'm also talking from my own life and my own experience. It's not easy to just let go and give someone else the control when we believe that we have our best interests in mind. And so I first want to just acknowledge that, that that is a barrier to surrender, believing that we have it all under control. And I think that's what really grinds our gears when God maybe says no or not yet or wait, because we would rather get things done. We would rather have all of our fulfillments and our desires achieved. And so we want to take the control instead away from God and just get things done. But then sometimes God works in this way where he says, no, not yet or wait. And although that's so difficult for us to understand today, we're going to talk about how actually beautiful that is when God gives us a red light, when God tells us to pause or wait and just to really rely on him in that process. So first of all, I want you to think about something in your life right now that you really want and that you really desire, and maybe it's a good thing, like relationships, marriage, all those things. Maybe it's a really, really good desire. So think about one thing. Maybe you're thinking about more, but think about one thing that you really, really long for right now. And now, unless it's a sin, unless it's something that directly goes against God's word, there's nothing wrong with those dreams and desires because we're told in scripture, we know that those dreams and desires were given to us by God because the logic follows if we were created by God, if everything from us about us is because of God, then he's placed those things in our lives. So there's nothing wrong with those dreams and desires and those plans, but maybe for some reason, God may be calling you to wait. God may be saying no or not yet on a good dream or a desire, and you might just be kind of feeling like like you're a sitting duck in life. That's where this idea of surrender comes in. When we have to realize, okay, there must be some reason why God is saying no or why God is saying not yet. And that's a really hard thing to reconcile because a lot of times when God says no, clearly closes the door, or if he says not yet, and it's a little more ambiguous and you, you don't know what to do, you're not sure if you should wait, all of these things, we really start to question the goodness of God and start to believe, well, if God says no or not yet to something that I want, then maybe he's not good. 
we start to just really spiral. And I know I have. And so today I want to talk about a few people from scripture and also from history that really show us through their testimony and the way that God moved and worked in their lives that even when God said no or not yet or wait, that he still had a really good purpose and he used surrender to really amplify their lives and unfold a greater purpose than they could ever imagine. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash truth talks. So the first person is a Bible character that I talk a lot about in my book, Surrender Your Story. I talk a lot about him because I think there is so much to learn from him and his family and his story about trust and surrender and control and all the things. Um, But since I've already chatted about him a little bit, I'll keep this one short. But one of my greatest encouragements and someone that I learned from a lot from his um, just the way he followed the Lord and also the way he's deviated from the Lord at times too is Abraham. Abraham, or known as the father of many nations, the one that God gave this Abrahamic covenant to saying that your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in Genesis and that there would be a royal line that would eventually come down from Abraham. Pretty incredible um, that Abraham got to be a part of this. But there was a lot of things in Abraham's life that God said no to and God said not yet and that God said to wait. One of the most obvious things was Abraham and Sarah's desire to have children. And when God told them this promise that their descendants would be as numerous as the stars, I mean, that just blows my mind to think about, you know, how many that would be. But they literally were so old and Sarah like had like her childbearing years were just way past her. That's what we're told in God's word in Genesis. Um, But that was one thing that God said not yet on their life. Perhaps they thought that was a closed door that God had said no completely. But then God said, you're going to have descendants. You're going to have a son and that's going to start a line. And so Sarah was like, okay, I'm going to get pregnant. She probably thought it was going to happen in her timeline and in her timing since it was something that God had promised her. But we read in Genesis that it took a little bit and Sarah, out of her impatience and not willing to wait on the Lord and take his not yet as a firm answer, she ended up taking things into her own hands. 
I talk a lot about this in the chapters of my book, um, but we read about a story about Sarah just taking things into her own hands and trying to manipulate the situation because she was not comfortable and she wasn't trusting God in the yellow lights and in the red lights of her life. She took the yellow and the red lights, the waiting and the not yet as God's final answer instead of trusting and dwelling on his promise that they were going to be the father and mother of many nations. But that impatience, that in-between season of waiting and depending on the Lord in that moment, in this situation, was squandered because she wanted to move on. She wasn't willing to accept God saying, not yet, but soon. And then in 2 Samuel chapter 7, we read about King David and how he had this really good desire to build God a temple. He wanted to create a home and a dwelling place for the Lord because he loved and honored him so much. It was an incredible desire. It was born out of David's wanting to honor the Lord and give him something as a gift and as worship. So it was from a really good place of intention. But for some reason, God said, wait, because in his grand timing and scheme and plans, he actually wanted David's son Solomon to build this. I'm sure David sat there and thought, I have all these plans. I have the blueprint laid out for this temple. It's going to be magnificent. I'm ready to go, Lord. Um, I just wanted to let you know. And then God said, no. He said, wait. He said, not yet. Because for some reason, God wanted a different person to do this. This wasn't disregarding David. This wasn't saying that I don't appreciate you or your gifts or your desire to love me and to serve you. It was just saying that like God had different timing and God had a reason for it. I'm sure David was a little bit disappointed and felt like, well, everything's ready, Lord. But we actually know that in God's word in 2 Samuel, that David actually just waited on the Lord. He took his not yet, not as a closed door, but as an instance to depend on the Lord and to trust him and to not really let his faith waver at all. David actually used that time in his life to listen and to dwell on the promises of God and to be faithful in other areas of his life instead of just throwing up his hands and saying, well, God said no, then I guess my life is over and I should stop living for the Lord. He actually used that as an opportunity to be like, I'm going to wait on you, Lord, and I'm going to trust you. And I think there's another thing we need to talk about, and that is this idea that we question why God does the things that he does, why God tells us no or wait, or why God doesn't let life unfold the way we thought. But let me tell you, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, maybe this verse gives you incredible comfort, as it should, knowing that God is so far beyond us and he has everything in control. Or maybe at times, like myself, this maybe makes you feel uncomfortable. It makes you feel like, oh, I wish I just knew it all. I wish that I had the thoughts of the Lord. But we need to come back to this place of surrender and realize that we aren't God, that we are who we are by the grace of God, but we're not God. That he alone is the one that has all of the power and the wisdom and the authority. And so I think sometimes we want to get to the why, like why God would not let us be in control, why God wouldn't let my plans play out the way I wanted. But I think we're asking the wrong questions. I think we're dwelling on the wrong things instead of seeking to know God's will and what he's given us. My friend, I have to tell you here and now that we're not going to always know the why of what God is doing and why he did what he was doing. 
there's actually this Instagram audio trend um, going around online and it says something to the effect of um, someday you'll understand or you'll see why God made you wait. And although I believe that there are a lot of times that God does tell us and show us like, hey, I made you wait for this because of this. Like sometimes that's obvious, but there's going to be a lot of times in our life that we wait and God calls us to wait and trust him and wait at the not yet's or just not do anything because he says no. Like those are real answers, but sometimes we will not actually know why he said that. Sometimes we won't know why he said no, not yet, or wait. And that uncertainty is really hard to live with. I know that for a fact. And I know that you can think of something in your life too that's just up in the air and uncertain. But what we can be certain about is like Isaiah 55 says, that our thoughts are not God's, that God's ways are higher And we can be certain that God loves us and that God is for us and that God does nothing, you know, out of malice or hate. He does everything out of love and intention for our betterment and for the advancement of God's kingdom. I love that throughout all of the New Testament that Jesus says multiple times to his disciples and to other people that he has the appointed time that he's going to come back, his second coming. Even that is proof that Jesus is not yet of being like, I'm up with my father, but I'm going to come back. So I'm not there yet, but I am coming back. Jesus even used the no's and the not yet's and the closed doors and the just waits even when he was here on earth. And I have a theory on that, if you would indulge me. I wonder if God uses those no's and those not yet's and those waits as a way for us to anticipate, to get excited, to keep the faith, to keep hoping, to keep persevering. Because let me tell you, if we had everything laid out for us, where would the dependency and the trust on God be? If we had the ways and the thoughts of Christ and we were level to be with him in that same knowledge, where would that trust be? Where would that need for Christ, that need to remain and abide in the vine, like John 15 talks about, where would that be if we had everything laid out? So I guess all of this to say today, friend, that if you are at a no, if you're at a closed door, if you are at a not yet of your life, if you are at a wait in your life, I want you to know that Isaiah 55 gives you a promise that actually should bring you comfort, that God's ways are higher. His goodness is better. His love is so good that he sent his son to die on the cross for us, that Jesus died on the cross for us. And so that every reason Every why, every how, every when, every no, every not yet of your life is covered in that intention that he loves you and that he will not let you slip. God doesn't do things just willy-nilly without thinking them through. He is wisdom. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He is all of these things. So any decision, any no or not yet or wait It wasn't just made. He didn't give you that pause. He didn't tell you that just because he wanted to give you an answer. He knows the outcome. He knows your heart. He knows the best trajectory for your life. And so he has intention behind saying those things. And he is our great redeemer. He will take what we think is lost, what we thought were our shattered dreams and plans, and he wants instead for us to surrender, move in faith, and trust him to do what only he can do in writing the greatest story of our lives. 
Our new lives in Christ were started because of the greatest love story of all time, of Jesus dying and rising again for our salvation to save us. And so it just stands to reason that if God loves us so much to begin our story with that, that he is going to carry it on to completion, like Philippians tells us. We just need to be willing to surrender and be okay when God says no, not yet, or wait. Friend, if you want to hear more about how to surrender, how to trust God with the no's and the not yet's, and how to trust God's timing and actually move forward in faith and not be held captive by the bondage that is control, I would encourage you to pick up a copy of my newest book, Surrender Your Story, Ditch the Myth of Control, and Discover Freedom in Trusting God, because man, we go so deep there. And if you want to find freedom from having it all together and instead just fall into the arms of a God who loves you so much and is ready to blow your mind and write a better story than you ever could because he loves you more than you ever could, I would just encourage you to join us in this journey of surrender. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. I love you deeply, friend, and we will see you next week for another episode.